0: What's up, guys? Nick Script P2W Fantasy Podcast. So I recently created a Patreon account under the P2W Fantasy brand. The Patreon subscription gives you access to the P2W Fantasy Discord. The offseason strategy section, incoming rookie profiles, threads, and a podcast area. And my baby, the P2W data google spreadsheet that specific spreadsheet i'm going to tease for this episode and give you some facts and stats i found within that these stats are all calculated via excel so i'm doing this by hand but i feel like you can come to several conclusions from it and i use it to uh, you can use it potentially to uh, predict the future so the p2w data google spreadsheet is something I feel like can sell you on the subscription in itself. But again, tons of different offerings within that fantasy Patreon. So we're going to talk a little bit about some advanced stats that can relate to upside and fantasy football in just a second. I feel but I can't forgive. I go all' in this time, yeah. Won't regret. I'll pick the best on trip. They don't understand. I play the win. Yeah, play the win, I play the win. Yeah, yeah, play the win, I play the win. Oh play the win, I play the win. Yeah, yeah, play the win, I play the win. Okay, so what I'm gonna do is drop some data today when mentioning upside for fantasy. This could be useful for next season. And for Dynasty Fantasy Football. So I'll go position to position, dropping some info from that P2W data spreadsheet within the Patreon. So for quarterbacks, I feel like there are a few different factors I identify upside for fantasy. Today I'm going to mention percentage of 300-plus passing yard games, percentage of 3-plus passing touchdown games, and then the percentage of 50-plus rushing yard games. So what percent of the time are QBs hitting these categories? This can separate them from one another in the fantasy world. So for the percentage of games played with 300-plus passing yards, Patrick Mahomes smokes this category with 58.82% of his games at that mark. The next quarterback who hits this list, who has played in double-digit games, is at 35.29%. Just to paint the picture of how far away Patrick Mahomes is, uh, when talking about the percentage of games played with 300-plus passing yards. It's interesting to see two non-Zach Wilson Jets quarterbacks at 2-3 and three when it comes to this list. Obviously, their sample size of games is small, but it makes you potentially think about the Jets' system and if they do have a change in quarterback, how that changing quarterback, if they move on from Zach Wilson, could have the potential to hit this upside category. Tua makes this list as the third highest quarterback with double digit games played at 30.77%. I continue to be a truther of his. I think he is extremely competent as a quarterback and has one of the better offensive systems in the league. Some big whiffs when it comes to the percentage of games played with 300 plus passing yards. This category include Aaron Rodgers at 0% and the likes of names like Dak Prescott, and Russell Wilson being fairly low. Moving on to percentage of games with three-plus passing touchdowns, potential upside metric for quarterbacks again. Once again, Patrick Mahomes smokes his category nearly 12% higher than any other quarterback. Joe Burrow comes in at number two at 35.29% of the time that he's had three-plus passing touchdowns in games. Lots of T. Higgins' future predictions circulating in the world, but from a dynasty perspective, should Cincy keep that trio of Burrow, Chase, and Higgins together and build on the team, it is completely justified for Joe Burrow to be this high on the list, and you should expect this. I mentioned Tua before. He is also uh, in the second tier of this list in the 30% range. Shout out to the three other Jared Goff believers like myself in the world, but he sat at 29.41% for this category. Only four quarterbacks had a higher percentage, again, of games played with three-plus passing touchdowns than Jared Goff. Some quarterbacks in that 0% range include Daniel Jones, Mac Jones, and Kenny Pickett. Finally, for quarterbacks, we have to mention rushing upside. It's a part of fantasy football. It it, it brings upside to the quarterback position. So, what percent of the time did a quarterback hit fifty plus rushing yards? Now, my list is smaller here as I cut it off. I think I cut it off at like two hundred forty total yards on the ground or something like that. Justin Fields and Lamar Jackson lead this category and by a lot, with sixty six point six seven percent of the time hitting fifty plus patch. Uh, I'm sorry, rushing yards. Elite rushing upside, obviously, with those two is on full display. I think a lot of people slept on Daniel Jones and his rushing abilities heading into the season. He has the fourth highest percent and was a sleeper hit of mine heading into the season. It'll be interesting to see if New York, for Daniel Jones, re-signs him for one, and two, gives him some people to throw to as it's just Isaiah Hodgins and an injured Wandale Robinson left standing in that wide receiver room. If we're not counting the free agents. Let's go to the running back position. So many factors can be listed for upside. Uh, what, you know, brings upside to fantasy for running backs today. I'm going to mention for running backs, the percentage of 100 plus rushing yard games and the percentage of seven plus target games. I'll also briefly mention the touchdown percentage in the red zone for running backs. So, Another player leading and leading by a lot for a category is Derrick Henry at 56.25% of his games played being at 100-plus rushing yards. No other running back hit 50%. Hell of a year for Josh Jacobs, and we got to mention Kenneth Walker, who was a pleasant surprise as a rookie. They were both in the 30% range for this category, again, of games played with 100-plus rushing yards. You wouldn't guess the other player in the 30s range, hint, it's not Nick Chubb, he's in tier 2 alone with his own percentage, but it's Deonta Foreman. Under 10% for players like Austin Eckler, Joe Mixon, Najee Harris, and Ezekiel Elliott may have been something not expected when coming into this past season. Another upside category potential for running backs is the percentage of seven plus targeted games. Austin Eckler leads as the only player in the 50% range, which should not be surprising as he had nearly 20 more targets than any other running back in the league. The usual suspects were at the top, uh, but at a decent percentage. Uh, The big surprise this year, I'd say for this sort of category and targets in general was Ramondre Stevenson who saw 88 targets and was at a 29.41% for this category, again, of seven-plus targeted games. It's disappointing for this sort of category to see guys like Najee Harris, Kareem Hunt, Dalvin Cook, so low for this percentage because we know that they have that in their bag, their ability. Last for running backs, upside in the red zone can create some touchdown upside for running backs. The stack can be skewed a bit, too, because someone can have a lower amount of opportunities, but be efficient with that low amount. Example Kenneth Gainwell scored on four of his 15 red zone attempts. I'm sorry, touches. So, touches being rushing plus receiving. Zeke was good in this category, he scored uh, double digit touchdowns from this area of the field. So, at this uh, metric, he was at 29.27% for that rate again of, uh, touchdowns scored in the red zone versus, uh, what the opportunities that he had were on the other hand, some players had over 30 touches in the red zone, but were poor at scoring Kamara, Algier, ETN, Jonathan Taylor, they were all under 10% for their conversion rate in the red zone when looking at their touches. Wide receiver qualities range greatly in general, and the amount of factors that come into the upside conversation are the greatest among the fantasy positions, in my opinion. I'll look specifically for this podcast when it comes to wide receivers at the percentage of 10-plus targeted games, the percentage of 100-plus receiving yard games, and then 20-plus receiving yard plays per game. Targets are the most important flat stat to me for wide receivers and tight ends. So identifying the percentage of times a wide receiver is hitting double-digit targets, I think, is a great way to look at that. Jamar Chase, we know, is elite. He's good at football. But seeing him hit this stat at a 75% rate, where Justin Jefferson was number two and over 10% lower, raises some eyebrows. Again, we're looking at the percentage of times uh, a wide receiver hit 10-plus targets, Jamar Chase 75% of the time. Chris Godwin should also have some praise here, entering the season following a late ACL tear the year prior, but only having those two guys that I just mentioned, Jamar Chase and Justin Jefferson, at a higher percentage, again, of games played with 10-plus targets. Seven players were at 50% or higher Three were in the 40s range for percentage-wise. Uh, thir- uh, four more were in the 30s range. So this is an interesting stat to go and look at. If you're in the Patreon, you can check that out. And again, I think it's it's some uh, interest, not only interesting but important to identify because we want those targets for the wide receivers. The percentage of 100, 100 plus receiving yard games can also identify. Some yardage upside. A lot of people forget about Cooper Cup, seeing that he only played nine games this season. But in 55.56% of those nine games, games, he hit this mark of having 100-plus receiving yards. That's the second highest among wide receivers for this category. Mike Williams is another guy that comes to mind who missed time and we kind of forget the upside he can bring. And uh, only six wide receivers have higher percentage for this category again of one hundred plus receiving yard games. If you take a look at this data, take a look at the rookies from this past season. I was just skimming it after I put it together, and I think you can draw some some dynasty implications for some of those rookies and where they finished for again the percentage of games of one hundred plus receiving yards. I think it will pop out to you if you go and uh, check out the full spreadsheet. I'm not going to go through it all here. This is more of a teaser. Then the 20-plus receiving yard plays per game I think shows some bigger play ability. Maybe not consistent receiving yards necessarily, but the ability to make big plays. Anyone who knows me knows my Jerry Judy love, so seeing him have the 7th highest number for this was dope. A guy like Rashad Bateman snuck in at a decent number, again, of 20-plus receiving yards uh, per game, which some people might say, hey, you know, he only played 12 games or maybe this is an indicator of bigger things to come down the road. Gabe Davis on the flip side, many would expect to be at a high number of 20 plus receiving yard plays per game, but he is closer to the 40 mark when ranking wide receivers for this metric than he is to one for tight ends. You want to, uh, again, you might want to identify what you're looking for in a tight end for me though. When it comes to fantasy football, uh, football, it's the importance and the consistency of targets that a tight end receives in their offense. It's most important to me. I don't want to bank on big plays. I don't want to bank on touchdowns for tight ends. Those things can come with consistent targets. So I will briefly look at tight ends through a category outside of targets, looking at the percentage of 70 plus receiving yard games. So this is an upside metric outside of targets. Uh, again, my, my, main, my main emphasis is consistency in targets, but hey, let's look at the percentage of 70-plus receiving yard games. So Travis Kelsey shows us why he is a cheat code for the position. 58.82% of his games he finished with 70-plus receiving yards. The next highest percentage for tight ends was 33.33%. Nuff said. In that 33.33% tier of tight ends that finish with 70-plus receiving yard games, there are four players, and one is often not credited enough for what his dynasty worth probably is, and that man is Pat Fryermuth. In the 20s range for the percentage, it's interesting to see names like David and Joku and Greg Dolcich, who I think can make a case to be bigger dynasty pieces in their shaping offenses. So I just wanted to give you guys a glimpse of some of the data within that P2W data Google spreadsheet. I have 19 tabs, and the emphasis here is so far because I keep adding more tabs to this massive P2W data spreadsheet, Google uh, Doc, whatever you want to call it, Uh, and I I will continue to do more with that. That alone should be worth the Patreon subscription. I have a shit ton to offer, though, beyond that in the Discord. There's so many different categories listed off. If you go to the Patreon page, you can just see what is offered in that. I I think that this P2W data spreadsheet is worth it enough just because you're getting so much information that, again, I, I... Calculated through Excel. I'm taking stats and I'm, I'm creating some of these categories that I think can show some up, upside and also separate people in the fantasy football world when we're looking at players uh, in comparison to one another. $5 a month is the cost of what some people pay for a coffee a day. A coffee a day is a sunk cost, it evaporates. You drink your coffee, it's gone. You get a $5 P2W a month subscription. You're getting a ton for your your buck. A lot of you guys that know me know I bust my ass with the content. So I'm putting it all in that Patreon Discord. I'm putting the data in there. I'm putting tons of stuff that you can find, again, listed off on that Patreon page. So if you are serious about playing to win and support my work, consider signing up today. Go to my Twitter page, and you can find the link in my bio. Join the P2W Fantasy community today. Thanks for listening, guys. Much more to come. as always. Love helping you guys play to win.